Hello everybody and welcome to the Light Flag, the aftermatch podcast of the LSC Red Poets podcast. I'm your host Les Lawson and tonight I'm joined by Pete Warburton and Tom Tom Keegan to talk about our 2-2 draw away at Brighton. So first of all Tom, I will start with you. The team drops at one o'clock and there's a shock in the start and 11 with Harvey Elliott getting the start and berth, you know, ahead of the likes of Endo and Ryan Gravenberch. What were your thoughts when you seen the team? A little bit of a little bit shocked that, that he, he played ahead of Gravenberch. I think we all we all expected Gravenberch to start today after his performance the other day. Thought it was I thought Harvey it was strange it was a strange other than that, I think more or less the team picked itself, didn't it really? I don't think there was any big shocks apart from Harvey coming in, but but I, I must admit it was a strange one. It was a strange one. Pete, what did you make of the of the team when you seen Harvey was in the start and eleven? Yeah, I, I was a bit surprised because I, I think the last the last um, edition we did, we all more or less agreed on the team, and it, it, I thought Ryan Gravenberch deserved the start uh, after his performance the other night. Um, I thought in the first half, I thought um, I thought. All of the three midfielders didn't perform well at all, to be honest. And they were up against two. They were up against two. They they should have had an overload in the midfield, but I just thought they were. I thought they were poor, and I think anyone could have gone off for half time. And I include me, Mason, that me Hungarian Mason. I don't think anyone had a decent game. Um, but when Gravenberg's come on, we we looked far better going forward. But I thought Harvey Elliott's. Uh, the, the dummy, if you want, that he did. He must have had a, a shout from Mo, but I thought that was fantastic. And I think even the commentator on the telly said he should put that down as an assist. Because mm. I was screaming for him to shoot and then he left it and uh, we know what happened. But yeah, it was it was a bit of a surprise, to be honest. I thought maybe Endo, if anyone, would have come in, uh, like you say, to shore up, you know, to play in front of the back four. Um, but I think, I think because of the three we picked and we'll probably... We'll probably speak about it later. I thought I thought we had a poor first half despite going in a two-one. Yeah, I mean, I was I was shocked. I think I sent a text um, to the group, um, you know, before kickoff to say big call by Jurgen, and it's a big, you know, it's a big chance for basically Harvey to to prove the doubt is wrong. Um, so yeah, like you two, I was shocked. When I seen it was him in the starting eleven, because I think this season he's he's done his best work or given his best performances, if you like, when he's come off from the bench. So to start him in the away game against Brighton, I thought it was a very sort of brave move by Jurgen. And you know, in all honesty, I don't think it was one that paid off. But we'll we'll go we'll delve into that as we we chat about the game. So. The game kicks off, and I thought Liverpool did okay for the first sort of 10, 15 minutes. And then we slowly started to let Brighton back in the game. And and then you know, I thought it was a, a poor goal to concede. Tom, I think there was there was a few hands, you know, they, they could go up to say, sorry, boys, for that one. I thought that the pass from Virgil didn't do Macken any favours. Macca didn't do himself any favours by not being aware there was a he was being closed down by a Brighton player. And then I thought Ali was basically slow to to get back into position and, and realise where the danger was coming from. So what did what did you make of it, Tom? I think you 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 hit all three there, Les. I think I think he, he had better options there, Virgil, as well. I, I, I think he he could have moved the ball over to over to Matip on the other side. You had nobody on him. He could have he could have moved it across to to Robbo. You know, like he, he even he could have even lobbed it further forwards. But he, he he played the ball to McAllister. who had who had two players on him and, and once coming on to him, which was which was which was lunacy. I'm not defending McAllister because I think he was a bit slow at the, at that moment, but. And then, as you say, when the ball's lost, Ali's 
Ali's positioning is all, all wrong. So he, he didn't really have any really good chance to sort of save it. So, you know, like, it, the whole thing was, was, a bit, it was a bit calamitous, really, wasn't it? So, and like you, I, I thought we were all right for the first five or ten minutes. I thought we were... We had a bit of a lot of possession, but really we didn't really do a great deal with it. And I thought, I don't know about you, Les, I thought the tempo was really slow in the first 10, 15, 20 minutes. I thought Liverpool, not not flat, it seems to be, I don't know if we want to use the word casual or, or whether or, or whether we just we just stroll about, you know what, for the first thing. And teams are getting at us, you know. We've only started quickly once this season, really fast, mm. and like that was against you know Villa, but I think Liverpool and that sort of that allowed Brighton to come into the game, didn't it? Pete, um, yeah. So, uh, what your opinion on the on the goal first of all that we conceded, and then secondly, I want you to take up what Tom said with regard to the tempo, because. I just wonder a little bit whether the tempo was more Liverpool trying to keep the tempo, you know, slowest to try and draw Brighton onto us a little bit because, you know, they thought that that was the best way that we could get at them if we sort of got them to, to press us and then we got, we beat their press and then was able to attack, you know, their defence. So what, what did you make of it? I think going for the goal first, um, it was it was like Tom said it was calamitous. That there was some real, they were they were too ponderous, you know, just passing the ball and the ball out from Van Dyke didn't do Macker any favors. And and like Tom was saying, if you look at the replay, I think from behind the goal, he's he's got two men and another one converging, and it, I know I know some of the I think coaches must think that if you can. If you can pass the ball and, and take a chance in those positions, if you can win the ball and, and then beat the lines and, and all the technical terms to use, you, you've got more of an advantage going forward, but you've got to you've got to beat the press. And I thought I thought Brighton pressed really well today. They didn't didn't really give us any time. And they were letting us have it at the back, to be honest. They were letting us pass it round because we weren't drawing them out. They weren't going to get suckered into that. I think the reason Ali was probably out of position was I think he was making an angle for Virgil to pass it back to him, to be honest. And I think rather than stand five yards behind him in the same sort of trajectory, he, he sort of went more to the right of the box. In the, and if Virgil needed him, he'd pass it that way and, and make an angle. But he chose to probably pick the, the most... I don't know, the, out of all the, the options, like Tom said, I mean... I always, I'm old school and I always say if you need to launch it, you just launch it and get your shape back, you know. But I know I know these modern footballers, I mean, you look at it in every game now, it's not just the top teams. It's teams down the bottom of the Premier League and even in other leagues who think they can all play like Brazil and it doesn't always work. So I thought the goal, we brought it on ourselves. I thought it was a poor pass out. And yet McAllister didn't do himself any favours, but in fairness to the lad, I feel a bit sorry for him playing that number six, if that's what you know the right terminology. He he showed a few more touches in the second half when he was a little bit further forward, and he had these Jordans to Cravenberg behind him. Um, tempo. I think both sides were just feeling one another out. To be honest, I think they were both seeing what sort of um line you know how they were lining up against one another, and I think as I say, frightened more or less had two in the midfield. And that's why I was hopeful our three would, you know, sort of get through them. But I just think the first 15, 20 minutes were a non-entity. It was literally just like two boxes. They were just looking to see who's going to throw the first punch. Um, so I think if we I think if we can just start games quicker like we did against Villa, we can take teams early. But they just... I'm not saying Liverpool are scared to do it, but I think Liverpool are very reticent about, especially going away from home and trying to take teams on and put them on the back foot. And it sort of played into Brighton's hands a bit. They sort of looked at us and thought, well, they're not doing, you know, the, the press wasn't as good as theirs and the defence were very ponderous with the ball. So it was like an accident waiting to happen. And it, 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 the first goal was just a calamity, to be honest. 
Yeah. Tom, do you think that that we, we showed Brighton a little bit of little a bit too much respect in the way that we were we were sort of wary of over committing, if you like, because we knew that if if they give them space, you know, they could they could break on us and, and hurt us. Or do you think it was a it was a legitimate tactic really to try and draw them onto us and play them Played the game that we wanted wanted it to be played in the way that you know maybe Jürgen and and the coaching staff had had set the team up to play with a slower with a slower tempo, hoping to get you know get ahead and get the first goal, get Brighton chasing the ball a lot, and um and then hopefully take the game away from them. But but unfortunately because of the mistake we made, that didn't really happen. Because, you know, I don't think in the first half, apart from that that shot, they had a they had a few set pieces on the bounce that that were quite dangerous. That we, you know, we managed to clear. There was a couple of scrambles, but I, don't, I can't remember Ali having the save to me in that in that first half. To be honest, um. So what what did you make of it? Yeah. Bit of both, Les. Probably, you know, like you, you know, you are wary of them because they are one of the that the, the better teams because they play from the back, don't they? You know, they are quite open and they do it quite quickly and they move through the midfield quite quickly as well. So maybe maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe we were slightly wary, but I always think with us, I think I don't tend to look at, at like your opponents unless you're playing like. Like city and stuff like that. You, I think we should concentrate on our on our game more or less than the you know like worrying about the opposition because I I think I think when we got at them when we started to actually we, we started to play we actually started to cut them up a little bit and had quite a few chances and you know and had the ball in the box quite a lot so I, I don't possibly a bit of both but. I think, I, I think I don't know it. I just I don't know. They just I don't know whether it's the the, the Europa game and the all and the all played minutes and I don't know. They just I just thought for the first bit we were a bit flat and not not ourselves. It's only when, but bizarrely enough, as Pete said, two two moments of magic and and we're and we're two one up at half time. No, it's. Strange, strange first half. I was scratching my head at the end of the first half, mm. thinking to myself, how, how have we gone from there to there in that space of time? I think, Tom, um, I'll, co- I'll, I'll come to you, Pete, on this. I think that, you know, if our, if we'd be disappointed with the way we conceded the first goal, Brighton would be bitterly disappointed with the way that they oh. conceded the two goals to us. In terms, of the, you know, they lost possession very similar to what we did. We punished them. You know, Harvey Elliott probably made his biggest contribution of the forty-five minutes, where without touching the ball, when he when he sort of left it for Mo, and, and and you know, I was really pleased that that Mo gave him a shout because after the way he'd attempted to finish in his in the previous two games he'd started, I wouldn't have been confident of him of him putting the ball away. So I was glad Mo was behind him, and and you know it was a a really good finish by Mo, um, and then the second one again we pinched it from them, and I thought Nunes, you know, did really well to to set up your mate Sabozliai, and I thought that it was a clear penalty, and why why he wasn't sent off, I'm still bewildered now. So come on, Pete, you you take over from this point. But before, just before that, I was looking at previous games this season, and they, they shipped four, I think, at home to West Ham. Who, who really, I watched that game, and West Ham were fantastic on the counter. They really were. Um, and then they, they got beat. Was it five or six in the end at Villa? And it, I think if we had a started with a bit of tempo, I think we could have really had a go at them early on. Um. Like you say, maybe maybe Klopp and the coaches were thinking, you know, let's not go hell for leather and let's just feel them out at first. And as I say, the first half of the first half was pretty nondescript, really. Um, but, I mean, they've got some good players, Brighton, although 
when they were lining up and I saw some of the names, I thought, I don't know him, I don't know him, but the lad, I think he scored their first goal. I think they've got him from French football. He looked a handful. And then into the second half, Solly March, although he was playing predominantly a left-back, he started causing the problems, raiding down the rice. Um, but we did improve at half, after half-time when when Ryan Gravenberg came on. He put a, he put a bit of bit of impetus into us and he, he started making those runs forward that we know he can. And he, he could say maybe he should have scored when he hit the bar, but it, it was an instinct that he had to take it first time. And I think if, if we'd have gone 3-1 up, I think we would have just killed the game off then. But there was always just that little doubt that a 2-1 with like 12 minutes to go or whatever it was, he just worried that something silly might happen. And I think, to be honest, um, you know, you can say I'm looking at it with my Liverpool glasses on, but I thought the lad played for a foul. But we should have defended that free kick a lot better. I mean, I'd rather Robbo go for the ball and he could put it in his own goal. Like like um, Jill did last week, rather than just leave it because there was there was no. I, I was scratching my head at that. I thought you know at least try and clear the ball, but um, yeah. I mean, if you look at the whole ninety minutes, on the chances created and the way both teams played, you could probably you could probably say it was a fair result to be honest. But you know, going back to the penalty, I'm I'm a bit bemused about the decision because. I, I looked up the same thing that you read out before. And I think if it's a genuine attempt to play the ball, but it's still a foul in the box, it's yellow. Well, I don't think pulling someone's shirt off his back is a genuine attempt to play the ball, you know. So once again, it, it's another, it's more refereeing decisions that were querying. Uh, whether that would have made, a, a, you know, any difference, I don't know. You, you, sometimes with 10 men, Liverpool proved last week, with 10 and then 9, you can still play well. But um, I just thought it was a strange game, you know, because we're, we're both up there, right? And although, as I say, they shipped a few goals against West Ham and, and Villa, they're still not far off us. So we always thought it'd be a tough game before kickoff, but I think we could have made it a bit easier for ourselves, to be honest. Tom, um, so we 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 sort of gets the um, gets the penalty after Mo Salah's nice finish, and Mo took stuck. Stepped up to take the pen, you know, and I thought Nunes was going to take it at first because he was standing next to Virgil and then he passed the ball to Mo. And to be fair, that was one of Mo's better penalties. I thought he stuck it away nicely, but I still have to say, I wasn't here sitting watching it with full of confidence that he was going to put it away, but I was so glad that he did. Um, when in at half time, two one up, and as Pete said. You know, we took Harvey off, put put Ryan on, and then in the in the second half, you know, we seemed to take control of the game and a lovely move down the right. And I just think he was coming in a pace, and the ball bounced up, and he had to hit it first time. And I thought it was, I think he should have scored, but I thought he was unlucky in the same, the same breath. If you see what I mean, and then from after that point, really. We didn't really create. You know, I thought at that point we were well on top. Um, and I thought, you know, we've now shown a way of how well we can create chances. And we had a few, you know, hear them, scare them there, you know, with their keeper. But I don't think we really worked them that much after that, Tom. So I don't know whether you agree with that or or what. Yeah. I think I think as brutal stick it from where we were talking about, you know, like Mo with the penalty and yeah, we was his one of his better. I thought that we we done that the other time the other game as well, didn't we? Nunes or somebody kept hold of the ball and um if Virgil, I think it was, kept hold of the ball and then passed it to him, you know, as as he come up to take the pen. Yeah, and a good pen. And I think at, at that stage going in two one, you you think Liverpool are gonna step up. And you know they really push on, and we did. To be fair, I don't want it to sound like it was like it was a terrible game because it was a great game of football. Two sides going at each other, like and, and giving nothing. To, you know, I think where it was, do you know, I was sitting thinking, I'll, I'll go to Graven Birch first, and I, I agree with you. I think it was brilliant play. I think it was three or four moves. I think the ball across from Sir Bosley I was perfect, but it bobbled 
just as he went to hit it, it bobbled up and he sort of, as it bobbled up, he hit it and it went higher than he would have anticipated. And um, as you say, he hit the bar. He was he was gutted, wasn't he? That he, he actually yeah. just missed it. But uh, apart from apart from that, I, I I said something to Real this lad at that moment. I think it, it, you know what what was what was important. I think had we that had Gapko or Jota on the bench today to change, you know, like and to bring a little bit of freshness on. I think mainly for Louis Diaz because I thought Louis was a bit quieter today. But um, I think if we'd had a little bit of freshness, we, we probably would have gone on and won that quite comfortably, you know, that's, I mm. felt. But I think we just didn't, we sort of, we, we kept the three out there and, you know, like, and you just wonder whether, that you know, like the game too much, like, but... Over overall, I think it was it was one of them. It was one of them games. It was a great game of football to watch, even all the way through. I think oh, everyone was enthusing out of enthusiasm and saying what an exciting match it was against two teams who, who wanted to win. So sometimes, sometimes, that's just, I, I, I agree with Peter. Oh my God, the free kick! I didn't think it was a free kick. First of all. I didn't think it was a free kick. I think he, he went looking for Trent and Trent was clever and moved out of his way and then he just bumped into Canate and hit the floor and he got the free kick, which I thought was it was a soft one. But from that moment on, I, I don't know what Andy Robbo was doing, to be honest. I thought once he turns his back on it, the, the, there's nobody else attacking the ball because everyone thinks that he's going to go and get the ball and then it just yeah, drops a dunk. And then it's a terrible, it was a terrible goal to concede. Like you said before, probably all four goals, really. Yeah. And like, were probably mistakes in the box, but, you know, they make exciting games, don't they? Yeah. So, to be fair, to be fair to Dunk, you have to give him a little bit of credit there for a centre-half to sort of have the instinct like he had to, to sort of, you know, have the instincts of a striker there. You know, to yeah. follow the ball in because you said we had everybody lined up across the, the six yard box, and I totally agree with what Pete said. Robbo sort of bottled out, really. He should have he should have done his job and swung at the ball. I mean, maybe maybe Robbo's thinking, right, if I if I put my foot away here, nobody's gonna react. So he could mm-hmm. have had that in his mind in the split second. And he'll just go right across the face of goal. But Dunk reacted and he stuck it away you know, really well, to be fair. But yet, Robbo should have just dealt with it and seen where we go from there. And I totally agree with what both you and Pete said. I thought it was a very, very cheap free kick that was given by Anthony Taylor, who, to be fair to him, I thought he had a decent game, to be honest. But I did think that he got the big decision wrong because by the letter of the law, that should have been a red card when we got the penalty because it's not the double jeopardy situation because the guy didn't go and attempt to play the ball. He pulled the shirt back and by pulling the shirt back, that is a red card. So I thought, though, Les, what I said before, I I, I, I felt like if you, I watched the, the, the two games and I watched the Arsenal game later on and as I said to Peter before, I, I think the referees this week tried to be a bit more, a, a bit more lenient or a little bit more sensible. And probably if last week hadn't that happened, you probably would have had two or three sendings off this week. You know, like sorry, you Tom, probably would have sent her off. Sorry, by Tom. the letter of the law. I'm sorry, Tom. The 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 not difficult decisions. I mean, yeah. the, the, you know, if you look, if you're talking about those. The, the decisions today, I've, I've, you know, the law states basically that that is not a double jeopardy. So the referee mm. got that one wrong. What would have happened at Brighton going down to 10 men is irrelevant mm. because at the end of the day, the referee didn't, didn't make that decision. And, you know, so, and then if you move on to the, to the, to the Manchester City Arsenal game, that tackle by, by Kovacic, was a lot worse than what Curtis Jones's was. 
Curtis Jones has mitigation. His foot rolled over the ball. Right. And he wasn't coming in at the same pace as what Kovacic was. Kovacic's tackle was three times worse than what Curtis Jones's was. Yet Curtis Jones has got a three and a over a three and a half game ban for doing that. Kovacic, you know, and to make my, you know, Kovacic should have been sent off for that. And then six minutes later, he does a worse tackle than what Jota got his second yellow card for and doesn't get a second yellow. So the PGMOL do themselves absolutely no favours whatsoever because they can't have it both ways. They can't say, well, yo, that's a yellow card. And yet it's not a yellow card. And Curtis is a red card when he, when he sort of, you know, t- plays the ball, his four slips off the ball, where Kovacic is nowhere near the ball. I'm sorry, Tom. I don't. I don't buy. No, but Les, you know what? We we'll be we we'll be going on week after week after week after week after week after week with every decision. It's that's gone, and and it was horrendous. Like when where we said with Mike Hanley the other day, it's you know football. It, it, it's. I feel like you know, like we've saturated that point. You know, like on what's it called? We got to make by by what's it called? He could have, he, he should have gone today. Would it? As long as I was more bothered about whether he give a penalty. To be brutally honest, that's more of what I was more bothered about. Does Tommy? That doesn't make any difference because that was a penalty. So that, that was part a penalty. But they're the kind of decisions we haven't been getting this. Yeah, but that part of the issue was right. We, I mean, it was two penalties in the one instant because if he doesn't give it for the share pull, he gives it for the for the second one. So, yes. so there was two penalties in that one incident. So, I'm sorry, but you know the fact that we're we're talking about referee decision again, we shouldn't be. We should be talking about what happens, what the footballers doing on the pitch, but mm. they're inept, they're incompetent, and today. It shows to me that within the last week, they've learnt nothing, absolutely mm. nothing. And there could be no excuses for that because the guy, there's a guy looking at it again in Stockley Park and deems that that isn't a red card with somebody else watching in Stockley Park last week thought that it was. So they need to have, I can see another apology coming. Now, Arsenal won the game today. But, that, but then the bigger picture is that Manchester City have lost Kovacic for three and a half games. He was able to carry on. He was able to be substituted. And Manchester City were able to field 11 men for the second half. Liverpool weren't. And Liverpool weren't, weren't able, not only were they without Curtis Jones today, they were out, they were out Jota as well. As you as you mentioned before, you know, it would have been nice to have Jota today because we could have, we could have made a, a forward substitution with a, with a proven Premier League goal scorer. But again, because of poor, poor officiating by the PGMOL, we weren't we weren't able to. So I'm sorry, Tom. You know, if, the one thing I want is consistency, and we didn't get it. And I don't go by this watering down at the rules. They just got it wrong, for my opinion. And I can see there being another apology incoming from the PGMOL this week to to Arsenal for not sending off Kovacic. So what was what was your view on that scene that Tommy brought it up, Pete? Well, I, I I was at the same. I, when they started going back over VAR, I said to Jack, what are you checking VAR for? It's a definite penalty. We can see that. He said, are they probably checking for the severity of it because of this double jeopardy thing? And then when you see it and he, he's pulling the shirt off, that's when our Jack got that rule up that you, you'd looked at as well to say that if it's a genuine attempt or a mistimed tackle, it's only yellow. But if it's a, if it's a purpose... If it's done on purpose that you've stopped the player um, having a goal-scoring opportunity, by foul means, it's a red card. And then after it all died down, I said, did that lad get a card? And he said, no. I think it was Gross, wasn't it, Pascal Gross? Yeah. I said, did he get a card at all? And Ajax said, no. So it's surely one. It had to be one or the other. And that's that's the infuriating thing, but... the. Like you said, there's someone in Stockley Park. Now, they must know the bloody rules as well as as the referees, because they are referees. So why didn't they say down his earpiece, hang on, mate, you know, the, 
forget the double jeopardy, they've got a penalty, but it was it, he never even attempted to play the ball. And then, as I say, watch the Arsenal game, and how how Covers just was was still on the pitch. I don't know because the first one was bad enough, and they slowed it down <clears throat> as they did with Curtis last week, and he didn't even touch the ball, didn't get anywhere near the ball, and he it looked a real ankle breaker, it looked a bad tackle to be honest. And then I, I actually missed the second one. I went out the room, and um, when I come back. Oh, Jack had texted me and he said, how's this fella still on the pitch? And I said, I know, it was a bad tackle. He said, well, what about the second one? I didn't even see the second one until the half-time review. And you, you've said it to see where there's consistency. And you just don't know from one week to the next which referee you get and what decisions they're going to make. It, it's so infuriating. And as I say, it'll probably all be blown over now, the City game, because they lost. It didn't make have an impact on the results, but like you say, Provinces will be ready for the next game, whereas Curtis Jones won't be. So yeah, sorry, Tom. I think you've lost that argument too. To I just, I think it's, it's just a conversation that we. It's. I don't think it's. I don't. Do you know what? It's 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 you're going over the same thing every week. We're not. Yeah, we're, we are. We're, 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 we're discussing referees. We have to. Oh, even that is. I wish we didn't have to, but don't you get? That they're bringing it on themselves because of bad decisions. If you yeah, can't I said, say, if I you said can't... exactly that, I said exactly that. We could have got a penalty. We could, we got the penalty. He could have been sent off. He chose not to send them off. Whether he, he, I don't know his views. Like I don't know what, what what he saw that we didn't see. He obviously saw something. As Mike explained the other day, being a referee about how how referees see things totally different to us. Now we could we could be talking about we got the penalty we stayed on the pitch and that's it it's it's done it's gone move on I'm good to the coat over cases getting sent sent off because we lost him for three games Kovacic got away with one today he got away with two actually but that's but that's I I feel like we I don't want to be keep going over the same thing over and over again well, it's not the right Tom but the fact is. The, the reason we're going over it all the time and time again is because of the total and utter shit show, pardon the language, that, that's being produced by the people with the whistle every game. If they weren't doing that, if they'd done the jobs today, we'd be sort of saying, well done, referee, at least we got consistency. But when that happens to your team and you're losing a player for three games, which now we've lost Curtis for one, we've Jot is now okay to play, and he's still got two to go. Then you feel you're right to feel aggrieved, and I do feel aggrieved, and I feel and the anger come back again today, because you're looking at that and you're thinking to yourself, Michael Oliver is supposed to be the best referee in the country. Well, I'm sorry, you know again, you know, uh, you know, there's questions have to be asked. You know why he didn't give that that. You know if you, I can possibly understand why he didn't give the red card because of his positioning, but it certainly should have been corrected by VAR, just like it was last week. And then why he didn't give a second yellow card and he sat, he stood on the halfway line, crossing his arms. And that was a terrible tackle. That got it, the, the fella on the ankle. You know what I mean? Again, from distance, uh, you know, I just think it's a really, really poor show. And I just want to see consistency. I want to see consistency. I don't want to see good refereeing performance. And if people just start accepting it, and think, well, it's just one of those things, and fed up with talking about it, it's never going to improve. So, anyway, moving on from that, a really difficult question to ask you now. Well, I won't, I won't ask you just yet. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you what you thought of the performance of a couple of players. So, we'll start with you, Tom. What did you make of Trent on his comeback? Thought he was excellent. Thought he played really well. Thought overall, he done, he done really, he looked a bit off the pace the other week. When he first come back, but I thought today he was excellent. I thought he played Matoma really well. I think overall, I think I, I think we lost a little bit when he went off as well. When we brought both Joe Gomez on, I think Matoma started to get a bit of freedom. So I think I was really impressed with him today. Pete, what did you make of his return? I, I thought he had a decent game. I wouldn't go to say that he was excellent. I thought I thought towards the time he came off I thought they were getting down our flank pretty well and it wasn't just Matoma 
I think Solly March was coming more into the game as well. But um, I don't think he, he had a bad game by any means. But um, I just thought whether it was he didn't have enough, you know, he didn't have the the um the minutes left in his legs or whatever. But I thought when Joe came on, I don't think Joe was uh was any better. He certainly wasn't as good as as Trent. And I think maybe just the the minutes caught up with him, and we wanted a change. But I did think at that time they were they were getting down our right too quick, not quickly, but too too many times. And I know that's where they got the free kick, which both Tom and I don't, and probably yourself don't think it was a free kick. But um, I thought he did okay, and it was noticeable. Robbo was doing the same. Robbo was playing bloody centre forward at times today. So whether he's been told to 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 get forward like inverted as well. Um, but yeah, I didn't think he had a bad game by any means, and I think he just need need minutes in his legs to be honest to do the full ninety. So yeah, um, yeah he was okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought he, I thought he did okay. I, I thought he, I don't think he was excellent. I just thought he was, he was steady. Let us say that I thought he had, he made one really telling interception when mm. he, you know, when when they played the ball through him. Uh, but Tomo would have been on his bike with half the length of the field to run into, but he made the hell of an interception. Uh, but I thought he was steady on his comeback, and it, you know the the minutes will do him good. And now we keep our fingers crossed as he goes away with England that he comes back, you know, fit and ready to go for the derby. Next one I'm going to ask you about Tom today is Louis Diaz. What thought he was, thought he was quiet today, Louis. I didn't think it was his, one of his better games. Thought he he done tried really hard, and but I don't think we got an awful lot of a, an awful lot of joy. I don't think I don't think overall I don't think we created loads of chances, and I don't think I I, I can't I was trying to think apart from a header from Nunes heading over the bar. I don't think we created that many clear cut chances today. I think maybe again with with Louis played a lot of football the last couple of last couple of games, so you don't know whether it's it's just time has just caused over him. But he looked he looked a bit quieter today and a bit not his not his old self. Pete, what did you make of Luke show today? Yeah, pretty similar, but I think I think he can level at that that we we just didn't move the ball quick enough. He he thrives on. You know, if if we move the ball quickly through midfield and get him into one on ones and stuff, and we we were so pedantic at times moving the ball that they were doubling up at times on both them and Salah, to be honest. Um, and I think if we'd have if we'd have played, we mentioned tempo at the start of the show, didn't we? I think if we'd have played with more tempo, I think he'd have got into best possess uh, better positions because we moved the ball quicker up the field, and I don't mean I don't mean lump it, but move it through the midfield. Quicker, and the one time I think we did do it, uh, it almost resulted in the goal. Ryan Gravenberch at the at the, at the bar from when we actually put a four or five really good passes together between the lines, and Saboz like cross for him. So I wouldn't really level anything directly at um, Diaz. Um, I just think it was a culmination of the midfield not being on on top form today. To be honest, yeah, I thought Lucho was. Was below his normal high standards today. I agreed with Tom a little bit where you know he he didn't quite make the most of the fact that he was up against maybe another a, a, a regular fullback that the Brighton had there. Yet he did double up on a bit, and he also had a couple of a couple of I'd say half chances, three quarter chances that somebody with his quality you would have thought could have done better with in the in the second half. Um, but yeah, I think he was. I don't think he will go down as one of his better performances today. And as I think, as Tom said before, you know, had we had the likes of Cody and and Jots available from the bench today, I think that you know we could have put them on and changed the way we played a little bit. And it, it could have been, you know, it, it it could have given us that little bit of extra impetus that we needed to get the get the third goal. But it wasn't to be. But yeah. I agree with Tom. I thought Lucho was a bit disappointing today. And the last one I'm going to ask you about is Andy Robbo. What did you make of Robbo's performance, Tom? Oh, he, again, it's I, I thought he done he done all right. I thought he done all right overall. He was he was he was he wasn't spectacular, was he really? But but without I, 
I thought you could we could highlight, I suppose, his mistake at the end. But overall, I think he again he he done all right. I, I think I, I think they didn't have like loads and loads of chances as well. So I think it, it was an all right performance rather than that. I don't think he he created as much, and maybe that's what we were talking about before, where we were saying like Louis was a little bit isolated up. 2v1. I don't think Robert went bombing forward as much as he normally does today. So I just thought he was a it was an alright performance. Not 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 as the high standard that he usually you know like he puts out there. So I thought probably about a seven six or seven out of ten. Peter, about yourself on Robbo? Yeah, just an just an average game really, as I say, the biggest the biggest surprise for me was when you saw Robbo marauding forward into the centre forward position, and mm. I'm fine with that. I'm fine that he's sort of supplementing the uh, the attack. But yeah, it was. It, I'd just say it was like a you know an average performance really. Uh, it's just a shame that he he either lost concentration or he he didn't fancy going for that cross from from the free kick for whatever reason. Maybe he had Joel's own goal in his head from last week. I don't know. But uh, I, I can't remember him ever being really, really laced down the right-hand side, getting around the back all the time. He, he covered okay. But it, I, I think all in all, I think right through the team, and we'll probably come to it when we pick our man of the match, it, it, there were just ordinary performances today, average performances, you know. So, yeah, yeah he, he wasn't good or bad. He was maybe a little bit indifferent on that, you know. Yeah. I, I Again, I, I totally agree with a bit of what both of you said. I thought he was he was bang average today. Again, below his normal standard. I thought he got away with one again in the second half, similar to set where he was asleep and there was somebody breaking beyond him on the on the right hand side. I think he just run offside. I think, but Robbo wouldn't wouldn't have caught him if if he'd have held his run a little bit better. Should have done better on the goal and didn't really affect the game going forward. So yeah, I was a bit. Uh, you know, and just going by Robbo's high standards, I was a bit disappointed with his performance today. But you know what you're going to get from Robbo. You know what we've got uh, got out of over the last few weeks has been a much better performance. But today was a little bit flat for me. For me. Um, you know what? You know what I think. I think I've learned. You know what we we look at as well. I think what about um, Alexis McAllister as a six? Is he being wasted in that position mm-hmm. now? It's I I think I think it's cruel for the lad at the moment. So I, I think he looks the, in games where where teams are like have, have got like runners and what's it called. He's he's been in that role. He just doesn't look comfortable in that six role at all. And I think we're losing we're losing the qualities that he's got further forward. It's I, interesting. I, I I agree with you, Tom. To be honest, you know, if you had a if you had a specialist six in there. And I think, but you know, it's, it's a bit needs must at the minute because I think that probably both Bashetic and Thiago probably might be alternatives to play in that position, and Hendo as well. You know, are all are all at diff, You know, we've got two of them are injured, and Hendo is still probably trying to settle in and get to the pace of the you know the Premier League. So I just wonder if there is you know still in, you know if they are still you know pondering a move for Andre. But the, the interesting thing about Maka, Tom, is for me, is that, you know, if you don't play him in the six, then you've got Curtis and, and, and Grav now, who can also play the eight on the left, who are both very, very capable of doing it. You, and, you know, Sabaz has, has made the position on the right-hand side, eight, his own. Mm. So you wonder where Maka would get his game. And he's too good not to be in the team. I, I listen to what what Sabozlai says where he sees himself properly for Hungary playing as a six, as 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 a six. Yeah. You wonder would he be better suited as the six? You know, like and make us more. It's all it would do. You you wouldn't lose that much from Sabozlai's game because he's so quick around the pitch, and he, he'd still be driving forward. But like. I just, I just think for what, for what he, what he does. There was two or three times I was saying to Peter earlier, two or three times in the second half, he got the ball, 
and he turned and he turned brilliantly and yeah. drove us forward. And then we, we look really dangerous when he does that. But when we leave him isolated as a six, I don't think he, he's picked off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think the better teams will do that to him, you know? I think like you said before, family did, whether it was because it was returned to Brighton and, and all that goes yeah. with that, I think they did target him and they really pressed him quickly. And not just for the, the first goal, which I thought was, as I say, a catalogue of errors by not just himself. But there were two or three occasions in that first half that he picked him off. But like you said, in the second half, when he played on the half turn further forward, he, he took two or three of their players out with one move. He, he just took the ball on and, and we looked far better. But it's like you say, if you play a dedicated six, i.e. Endo or even like, like Sabozlai at six, do you do you put McAllister in from the start with Curtis Jones when he's he's ready when he's when he's back again? Um, you know, Stefan Bachesic will probably come back. He'd probably play that role better than any you know, than any of those with, at number six. And Thiago's mm. still to come back. So you know, hopefully after this this international break, um we we'll all be fit. Hopefully none will come back and there's an injury. Yes. And we should be, you know, it's strange, isn't it, saying how strong we are in the midfield department. And then because of a couple of suspensions and injuries, we suddenly think, God, you know, we're that, not down to the bare bones as such, but we haven't got that many options anymore. So hopefully, you know, they'll all come back fit and healthy and ready to go for the derby, you know. So, right, we'll move on and I'll go to you first, Tom, about your, your, your player of the match. Do you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with pieces, pieces choice today. I thought Sabozlai was, well, he just, he was involved in, and just again from Mo, because I thought Mo Salah had a great game, but like, but I'm gonna give it to Sabozlai because I think he drove us forward, you know, like, but to me, I think he won the pen, and like, it was, he was, he was in the build up. For 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 the for, for the he won the boy he played the ball through for the second one, and also he he literally laid the third one for 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 Gravenberg. So I'm gonna give it to to Dominic today. Peace. Right. I'm not. <laughs> you, you can, you know. We. Yeah. As I say, that I think the first half. I know. I know towards. We went into one up, and like Tom said, he was involved in both goals. But I thought the whole, the whole midfield were a very iffy first half. Um, Ali made his customary world class save, but went one on one again, which you you just expect every game. But I think for his two goals and his his work race, I'll give it to Mo just ahead of the the Hungarian fellow that I'm not really fussy on, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I agree with everything you said there. It was very difficult today to pick a player of the match because there was nobody really stood out and it was just like little moments, you know. If if Grabber to put that third one away, you know, I could have even given it to him for the impact he had in the second half because I thought for the first sort of 15, 20 minutes of the second half, he looked really bright and he looked as though, you know, he could create something every time he got the ball. I thought... You know, Mo took his goal well. And, you know, as I said, it was one of the better penalties he took. But other than that, you know, after, I think I've seen Mo play loads better than that. And I didn't really think he looked like doing much, although he was working his socks off. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm in Tom's camp today. I think because he was involved in winning the ball for the first goal and then getting brought down, you know, pulled back, Go for the second one, and then almost creating the what would have been the decisive third. I would give it to Sabozliai. Um but yeah, but it wasn't. I don't think anybody today would have got more than maybe a six, six and a half out of ten. Anybody mm-hmm. in the in the starting eleven or the subs. So yeah, it was one of them. So just before we. We wrap up this this podcast. We head into the international break. We're fourth in the in the Premier League. We're a point behind Manchester City, three points behind Arsenal, you know, and Tottenham. 
we would be joint top, but for what happened last week. Um, mm. but we go into, you know, when you when you've been, when you've been to away games of Brighton, Newcastle, Tottenham, and Wolves, and, and Chelsea, had, and Chelsea, sorry, yeah. and then and then you've also had um, you know, West Ham and Aston Villa at home to be three points off the top. I think we'd have all. And a point behind City, I think we'd have all took that, you know, after going into this international break before a ball was kicked. Would you agree, Tommy? Would you say well, that we're very much in the title race? Yeah, most certainly. Most certainly, we are. I think. I think if you look at all the all the, the teams that have played up to now, I was listening that Manchester City have got. I think um, in the next six games they've got. I think. More or less, all the six, all top six teams that they're going to be playing next. So we've we've played an awful lot of our games, and we? we've got it. As you said, we've been to the teams that that are there and there about. Even not many teams are going to go to Brighton and 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 could walk away with stuff at Brighton. Even Chelsea, you know, I don't know that they're very miss at the moment, but like it's still a hard place to go and play. Tottenham, Newcastle. Again, both teams. So, like as you say, there's one point behind City and three behind. Behind is it three behind? With two behind, with three two behind, three behind, three behind, 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 behind the other two. So, I think you know overall. I, I don't. Other than us, I, I don't. I don't think Tottenham have played that many big sides, have they? Yeah, I don't think the apart from Arsenal and I us, all the all the all. Don't think they've played any difficult away games yet. So they've got to go to all the more difficult away games. Manchester City, I think, have only been to to Arsenal that you would say is difficult to go where you would expect it. Yet they've been to West Ham. Um and I don't think Arsenal have been at to any away ground where you would look at them and think they would possibly drop points. So I think we're in a you know, considering the games we've played. You know, and we've got new players settling in. I think we're in a really, really good position. And uh, although you know, you you wish you would have had more points. You know, I I, th- I think it, I would have took this position if you had offered it me before the the referee blew his whistle. You know, to start the season against Chelsea. So, what do you think, Pete? I'd go even better than what you said. I think we're in a fantastic position. I really do. Um. You look at the next run of games we've got, and I know the derby's never the given. You know, depend, despite wherever it may be in the table, that's going to be a tough game, first game back from the international break. But after that, you know, we've got Forrest at home, who you would... Although he gave us a good game last season, didn't he, Forrest? He, he came up and had a go. Uh, hey, can I just say that the good news for Liverpool is that Awamyi, who, who sort of really gave us a tough time last year, mm-hmm. you know, he really had a Good back with the he's out for six weeks. Oh, so we right. playing, um, you know, in the in the game at Anfield. So that's a little bit of good news for us as well. I mean, after that we go to Luton, which, you know, they're everyone's whipping boys at the minute. But I watched the Tottenham game. Well, I watched the second half of the Tottenham game yesterday, and apparently Spurs had loads of chances in the first half. They went one up, but Luton had a host of chances. And they can cause problems if if they, yeah. they've got a big lad up front who causes mayhem, you know. But you look, count to ten, though, weren't they, Pete? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you look, and then we got Brentford at home, and once again, you, you don't know what you get with Brentford. One week they blow hot and cold, but I suppose our next big game in the Premier League is City away, and that's not till the end of November. So we've got a run of of four or five real winnable games. And if you want to discount the derby, because as I say, a derby, I think that could, that can be quite attritional. I'm sure, I'm sure Sean Dice will come and batten down the hatches and try and you know frustrate us and stuff. But we've been doing pretty well against the low block more recently. I think if we move the ball quickly and and, and as I say, get into these positions with the likes of Diaz and and Salah one on ones, I, I really fancy us to you know to take. Points, three points from the next four or five games. To be honest, yeah, yeah, it's it's good points, Pete's made there, Tom. About you know the fixtures we've got coming up after this international break, and if we can, you know, kick it off with a with a win at home against Everton, 
that will then set us up then for the for the games coming up between you know, between the, the coming back after the October international break and then going into the, the November international break. And then if we can, you know, we've also got Bournemouth away and I think Toulouse probably home and away, maybe mm. in the next batch of fixtures as well. So if we can box those three off as well, then all of a sudden, you know, that should be qualification for the knockout stages of the Europa sorted. You'll be in the next round of the League Cup. And then, especially for the Europa, then if you're if you're guaranteed to finish top of your group, then you can start to rest people then for the bigger games that are coming up, so they're not getting they're not getting too many miles in the legs, so to speak. So I agree with Pete. We are in a in a really good position. We got two massive after that as well as you know after that run of games. You realize Peter said we got Manchester City. Oh. In, just after the, the the November break and then going into December, we've got we've got a uh, Man United and Arsenal both at Anfield within a seven day period. Yeah. So you, you know, know, like all of a sudden, that's what I mean. Tom, if we can put the if we can put the Europa League to bed, yeah. you know, in the next two games, then while United and Arsenal probably happen to fight for points in the Champions League, well, United certainly will be because they've yeah. already lost two. You know, they they might have to put out stronger teams in those games, you know, to to get the points they need in Europe. So, so yeah, you know, it's it's it's. I think it's it's looking good. As we said, you know, like at the start of the season, we were looking about. You know, we were betting a new team. And don't forget, as you said before, betting we're betting this side in. You know, like a lot of them have only played, you know, like some of them seven or eight games. It's not a lot of games to get to be used to each other. I think with us, is with having the five forwards or, and young Ben Doak, I think that gives us so much because we're always likely to score goals. And, you know, like I think all of us said, didn't we? You can see the similarities in this side. It's like, the 18-19 season, you know, when, when the team started to, you know, like, they were scoring loads of goals, but they were conceding a few along the way. And I think that's, I think that's how you feel that we'll go this season, you know? I, yeah. I don't, I don't take, I don't take the Tottenham results, what happened last, uh, last week against Tottenham, because I think that was a fluke. I think that was like, it was a bunch of bollocks. Well, but even so, it so the result was the result was you know like you know like a daft result. Today you would have if, if you know like if you looked at Chelsea away at the beginning of the season, it's always going to be a difficult one. But like you know, overall, I think we're we're well ahead, and I think I think this league this year, there's going to be an awful lot of. T- Teams are going to beat an awful lot of teams this season, Les. I don't think there's going to be a team who's just going to go and be un- unbeaten and only lose one or two games over the season. I think, I think any of these sides, as proved with Manchester City, got beat by Arsenal. They've got beat by Wolves. You know, like any of them can get beat by anybody. This, you know, like there's some. There's some good sides in this in this league, you know, like the you like to Brighton, your Aston Villas, your West Ham's. These, these are not gimmies anymore, you know, for all the top sides, you know. Like so, I think to be where we are at this stage with the fixtures that we've had, I think I'm more than confident and more than happy. Peace. Just a quick question, Finn, and just just a little bit of of fun just before we we finish the pod tonight. Mm-hmm. Going on, going on what you've seen so far this season, not just with Liverpool, but with all the the other top teams. What, in your opinion, would be the points total you'd be aiming for? To sort of think that'll be the amount of points I think any team, not just Liverpool, but any team will be aiming for. And if they get that number of points, they will be Premier League champions come May. What would you think? Tom's probably right. I mean, I think that was a. Out of all the results that could have happened today at uh, the Emirates, that was a good result, not just for Liverpool, but for other teams. Because I think if City are won there, they start getting this order about them that, you know, they're, they're not good. I know they lost to Wolves as well. 
but they're going to go the rest of the season without, you know, unbeaten. And I don't think that's the case. And I think Arsenal have got defeats in them. So I wonder if if this season, a bit what you've mentioned, it may not be like the one-horse race that it's been. You could, you could say the mid-80s, maybe. What would you, know? you say, Tom? I think, it, you, I think you could be right. There's a game between 86, 86 and 90 where you might, might win the title this year like it used to be. I, I'm not, not going to be surprised because, you know, like Tottenham are going to go, they've took points off Arsenal, they've took points off us illegally, they've... Um, You've got you. You've got the likes. Even teams like Manchester United, you know, against Manchester City, and they're gonna they're gonna pick up and start getting results eventually. You know, like and but you look around and every team is capable. West Ham got Newcastle today's gone there and dropped two points at at West Ham. You know, like there's no easy games with these sides anymore because the the teams are loaded with good players, aren't they? West Ham is a good, good, good team with a good manager. You know, the same with Aston Villa. You know, like well organized team, Brighton. You know, brilliant, difficult side. Get wallop sometimes, or can wallop other teams. They, they, I think they scored nineteen goals before they played us. The twenty-one, I think they've scored this season already. So, like, oh, you know, like you look at the. So it wouldn't surprise you to see it like what people were saying in the mid eighties league, would you? I don't think I don't think any team is gonna is gonna run away with it. Because I do believe there'll be an awful lot of teams will lose games this year. I think four or five games lost won't be won't be a shock this season. Yeah, I I think you're looking at somewhere between, as Pete said, around about 86, 88 points. And if yeah. you get that, you know, you you're not gonna be far away at all. And I think, you know, on that note, we'll we'll sort of keep our fingers crossed over the next couple of weeks that none of our players pick up any injuries while they're away on international duty. Um, and we'll end this latest edition of the late flag. So once again, thanks to Tom and Pete for, for joining me tonight on the LFC Red Poets podcast late flag to discuss the, the 2-2 draw against Brighton. And as you always finish off and say, Justice for the 97, don't bite the sun and you'll never walk alone. Until next time, see you soon.